Shalom. Welcome to another episode of Inspiration from Zion. I'm Jonathan Feldstein, and I have the privilege of being your host, coming to you from the Judean Mountains here in Israel. I like to refer to it as the original Bible Belt. Inspiration from Zion is a program of the Genesis 123 Foundation, whose mission is to build bridges between Jews and Christians and Christians with Israel in ways that are new, unique, and meaningful. I pray that you will find this, all of those. Through this program, we're excited to connect you to people and stories in and relating to Israel to give you a window to look through, experiencing aspects of life here that you might not otherwise know about. We want this to be interactive, so please be in touch with us at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com and send along any questions and any comments about any topic anytime. Or you can reach us at genesis123.co or follow and like Inspiration from Zion on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Stay tuned until the end, where we're going to share some exciting offers, and please feel free to share this program with people you know who will also find it of interest. So this is going to be an amazing program. I was just telling our guests, plural, that when I, when I click open the meeting so we could see each other, I just got this great feeling of, of, of something amazing is about to happen. Um, it's a unique program for us, for inspiration from Zion as a roundtable that, that we've never done before, and possibly not anywhere in this format, and certainly not as it relates to Israel and the Jewish people and Christians and the relationship between us. It's going to, I believe it's going to make you want to listen to this program again and again, and share it with others. And also, and also, and I really want to encourage this, to listen to each of our three guests' own podcasts, the links of which we are providing in the show notes, to reach out, and you can reach out to me for more information. But this is a packed group. My only regret, and I apologize in advance, is that with this powerful lineup, I feel we may not have enough time. So I do want to apologize in advance for anything left unsaid, but maybe that will be the springboard for round two. So I want to ask you to give me a few minutes to introduce our guests. And while I'm doing that, I want you to sit down and buckle up because this is going to be something that you are going to feel God's presence and hear about his love for his people through the three amazing fellow Charisma podcast hosts and conversationalists that I have with me today. First of all, in alphabetical order, I want to introduce Jared Lasky. Jared and Rochelle Lasky co-founded Fireborn Ministries to teach believers how to live a daily spirit-empowered life through webinars, articles, seminars, and spirit-empowered coaching. They have a wide range of resources at firebornministries.com, and they, and they also have many e-courses such as entry-level prophecy, the last days, the baptism with the Holy Spirit, and more on charismacourses.com, and also host Adventures in the Spirit podcast, which is ranked among the top five on the Charisma Podcast Network. Jared visited Israel on a 17-day seminary tour in 2015, in which he developed a deeper understanding of Israel, not just as the land of the Bible, but how being here in person maximizes his understanding of what we read in the pages of the Bible, including being where Jesus lived and imparting a love like no other, making him even more hungry for scripture, which is really amazing. Jamie Luce is the is an author, blogger, podcaster, speaker, and monthly contributor to Charisma Magazine. She attended the King's University in South Lake, Texas, with courses in biblical and theological studies. Her ministry missions to encourage people to live a life for Jesus and experience his great purpose and provision for their lives through the power of the word of God. Her website is jamieluce.com. 
Her podcast is appropriately called the Jamie Luce Podcast. She teaches and hosts interviews, discussions about topics that pertain to living a God-ordained life so that when we can all experience God, what God has planned for us. It's interesting that Jamie has not yet been to Israel because she had a trip planned that was canceled due to COVID, but Jamie is still connected to Israel deeply through her personal family background and also supporting several ministries over the years that do work here in Israel and and are really important. But one I want to mention specifically because listeners will remember just a few weeks ago, Israel suffered over a couple of days, a thousand rockets being fired uh, by terrorists in Gaza. Jamie's been part of helping to put together the Eshkol Trauma Center, which is a bomb shelter for children and families who are right next to the Gaza Strip. Unfortunately, that that uh, facility was open and and had a lot of use uh, over those over those couple of days recently. We pray that it will be closed and quiet uh, in the in the near future for for the indefinite future. It's also interesting that in a recent episode of her podcast called Five Essential Requirements to Enter Your Promised Land. Uh, was was uh, broadcast. And I really enjoyed listening to that. And Jamie, we're just looking forward to when you realize the physical entering of the promised land here. And I'll be looking forward to seeing you. Tony Myers is a former atheist who was miraculously healed from Lou Gehrig's disease, which left, left him paralyzed and dying. Since his healing on July 4th, 2012, he has appeared widely on many radio, TV programs, and internet as well. Tony is the founder of Outside the Four Walls Ministry and an author of several books. You can learn about these, him and his ministry at TonyBelieves.com. Through his ministry and podcast, Pushing Boundaries, Tony brings God and healing outside the church building and into your daily life, imparting how lives are changed in a positive way, how God didn't create people to suffer, and walking in God's supernatural power. Tony has not yet been to Israel, but it's important to him. And his, in general, and that his church regularly gives to Israel. Before he was a Christian, he was a history buff. And Tony remembers being an avid reader as a young child, reading Genesis and Exodus as historical accounts of an ancient culture and connecting with that, as well as the Jewish people's persecution throughout history. Tony shared with me a brilliant observation. Any other culture would have been wiped out. In fact, many cultures have been wiped out. Yet the children of Israel survive and live on. Everything always points right back to Israel. Amen. Tony, Jamie, and Jared, welcome to Inspiration from Zion. It's so exciting to have you here. It's great to be here. <laughs> Thanks. So I, I want to start, I'm going to pl- sh- uh, shift it up and, 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 and uh, we'll, we'll see where this fantastic conversation goes. But I want to <clears throat> start still in alphabetical order. Jared, also, I, was, I mean, actually, when you all... Are, are paying attention to where your downloads are coming from. You're going to see a couple of them from Israel now uh, popping up because I really enjoy listening to, to to different episodes of each of yours. Jared, I was really fascinated about a recent episode of your podcast. I, th- I think it was a recent episode, but I listened recently where you speak about God's unconditional love, specifically relating to Jesus. It was important and a really engaging message, but there are many verses, as you know, both in the Old and New Testaments, affirming God's unique love for the Jewish people, his chosen people. What do you think about the fact that Jesus was a Jew and how Christians do and should live their lives loving the Jewish people? And is that sort of the same level of unconditional love that you spoke about in your podcast? Well, 
Well, Jonathan, it's an honor and a pleasure to be here with this panel. So thank you so very much. Uh, it's awesome to be with these generals of the faith. But to answer your question, unconditional love, it comes from God first and foremost, and it needs to be poured out within us, downloaded within us by the power of the Holy Spirit, and then poured out from the overflow that we have on our life to other nations, all nations. The Great Commission is relevant today, Matthew 28, 18 through 21. I mean, man, it needs to be poured out to all nations. But when I went to Israel, you know, I'd never been there before. And it was a seminary trip. So there's still academic papers we have to do every night, testing, tests and things like that. But being on the ground, I fell in love more with the people there. You know, we, we went to numerous places on the ground and there was this moment that I had in, in the garden. You know, they, they proposed that this was the tomb, you know, the Golgotha is right around the corner. And that was kind of when the spiritual connection poured out into my heart and, and I was, I was weeping. Now, I know that there's several different proposed locations where Jesus was buried, but the, this tomb was empty. And my faith was activated at that time to connect with our Lord, our Savior is risen from the dead. And he poured out his Holy Spirit upon us. He told us to go into all the world, go to all nations, preach the gospel, Jew and Gentile. And my love for the, the Holy Land, my love for the people grew tremendously from that point on. And I think it's a blessing that in Christ, we are the children of Abraham. And we get to do this together and partner with Jews and Gentiles and people of all nations to spread the kingdom of God here and now. So, and it comes from spending time in his presence and loving God and being, you know, having that agape love, that phileo love for all nations and pouring that out upon everybody. And Israel is a very special place in my heart. I do want to go back. Well, we'll, we'll look forward to that happening. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, Jamie, you, I love one of your episodes specifically when you're speaking with your mother. I had the opportunity to listen and watch, and I love the interaction. Um, you co-authored a book with your mother. You've had conversations with her. You speak of her often. She's a big part of your life. Mm -hmm. um, you also note that your love of Israel is because uh, is because partly of of how you grew up, which is uh, which is unique um, for, from a lot of Christian perspectives. Um, her love for Israel that your mother imparted, that we, you understand that we are God's chosen people. Um, and you, you were raised with that understanding. Um, what I'm curious about is if you could speak for a minute about what this means to you as a Christian through the Hebrew scripture. I think I, I remember you talking about that. In, oh, that must've been in the, in the promised land episode. Um, the Hebrew scripture that Jesus was a Jew his disciples were all Jews, the New Testament, oh, which was redundant, but the New Testament authors, of course, were Jews, and the relationship that is and ought to be between Jews and Christians. What would you, what would you say about that? Yes, I, thanks so much for having me to be a part of this. This is really exciting for me. I've never got to actually talk to anybody about this subject other than with my mom wow. or if I'm, wow. if I'm making mention about it. So this is exciting to me. But, um, you know, I had taken when I was at the King's University, I had taken a class that was called to the Jew first. And in that class, it was really the foundation for understanding our part together with Israel. 
that out of uh, Romans chapter 11, we have a breakdown of, of knowing that we cannot as Christians take the position that somehow we are now above or better than or or here without the help of Israel. We are grafted into her vine and we can never let that. There's a pride that the scripture says that can come against the other and it should never be so. I mean, it the minute that Paul was unleashed, the first place he'd go is into the synagogue. He immediately went to his brethren first. The Gentiles would then come. If they wouldn't listen, he would turn then to the Gentile. But it was it was his heart that his brethren, he said, I'd rather that I be a castaway, you know, and, and save all my brothers. It, it's imperative that we understand that the Jewish people are, are not just um, another nation. God birthed them. He, he birthed them. I mean, wow. they are his child. He, he birthed them. And then through their lives, I, I love the Old Testament. I mean, I love the Old Testament. I, I love the New Testament too. And I, of course, we, we need Jesus. But I love the Old Testament, the types and the shadows and the pictures, the wealth of knowledge or help that you can get from seeing depicted Everything that we know in the New Testament, we see it in the Old Testament. So Israel to me, and, and again, that comes from my mother. She, she just always knew, and I think it was just by revelation of the Holy Spirit. There has always been a love in her heart. We love the Hebrew language. I, ha I love to dig in and see what does that word really mean? You know, that's one of the uh, several podcasts that I did where we talk about the root word of testimony. And, and that it means that he, God wants to do it again, duplicate it. You know, he, he wants to repeat these things for us. So it's just, I, I can't even give enough words to the importance and the validation of knowing how much we should love and need to be partnered with Israel. I know that. Thank you. I noticed that in your podcast and, um, and from us communicating one-on-one, -on -one, but it's so interesting. I just want to comment for a minute. You know, my whole walk, which we're, we're not going to talk about me today. We're talking about all of you. Um, but my whole walk and how I, as an Orthodox Jew, became called to build bridges between Jews and Christians. Um, it, it was after this, but I remember I went to Emory University. And of course, it's really easy for an American Jew to take Hebrew as your foreign language because you have a pretty decent foundation in it. So it's, it's, it's sort of like a throwaway class. But I will never forget, I, I, I always have to mention this guy's name because I so want to find him. His name is Tim. He was the only non-Jew in my Hebrew class. And I didn't understand, I really didn't understand, you know, young Jewish guy in my 20s, early 20s, maybe late teens, studying Hebrew at college. And this guy named Tim, whose father's a pastor, was studying Hebrew. And I'm like, what? Why do you want to study Hebrew? He said, I want to understand the Bible in its original language. And I didn't get that. But now I do. And you just underscored that. It's so important. It's so rich. Um, it's not easy. It's not, I mean, it's an easy language const construction wise, but to pick up a whole other language and reading from right to left and all the other, uh, it's, it's not for the faint of heart, but thank you for sharing that. Tony, I want to come to you. I mean, everyone, everyone's bringing in this unique perspective, but I want to speak super personal about you, which you do through your ministry and your podcast. Um, your perspective on Jewish history is unique and you've been studying it for just a few decades. Um, but you also 
have this different perspective because you were miraculously healed from near certain death. And only God can do that. I mean, he'll use medical professionals where necessary, but that's only a God thing. And then when I'm reading about you and listening to you, two things connected, that you look at the history of the Jewish people, and one could have argued, and many did, and many unfortunately still hold this, that after 2,000 years of exile, God was done with the Jewish people, and that we were as good as dead too. And, but it was only through God's miraculous restoration of us to Israel that we, that we are here and we're back. And, and, and the difference that I see is that God promised to do that. We knew it was foreshadowed. In your case, maybe, maybe somewhere in your life, you could rewind and say, no, God was going to save me anyhow, but you weren't looking for God at that time. Um, do you see any parallels through your own miraculous healing? When you were nearly counted out and God's miraculous restoration of the Jewish people, when we could have been, and in many cases were counted out. And what does that mean spiritually to you? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. There is a parallel there for sure. You know, I had counted myself out. Wow. I was looking to die. Oh, dear. And when you look at Israel... They were all but obliterated, but yet kept their traditions, kept the knowledge of God, even though they were, they were spread all over the world. How amazing is that? Now, I didn't have that to go back to because I was an atheist real early on. But I had given up, and then because of God, totally reborn again into a new creation for mm -hmm. real. And whereas we have the same thing with the Jewish people is here and still happening today, you know, the Jews are still flocking back to their homeland and... um they are being born again into something greater. And that is my belief. Without the Jewish people, there would be no Tony resurrection. Wow. Because it's through the Jewish people that we, that we even know of the one true God. And that is where the history of Israel is so bonding and i believe that all believers should feel that connection because it truly is there it's only through the hebrews that we have a connection to god and that we even know of him without israel we would not have known israel was and still is indeed our school schoolmaster and i know i'm taking that verse slightly out of content but really is true because we learn from the jewish heritage how god is how he treats his people and so i just have there there's a bondage there even when I was an atheist studying 
studying about Israel, I was just kind of throwing God away. I don't even know today how I did it, but the history just grabbed a hold of me. That's awesome. I, you, you, you just planted a big seed in my, in my heart, in my mind. Um, and maybe it's inappropriate. So if so, you'll say, no, Jonathan, you're wrong. And let's go to the next question. But, but I, I'm thinking that I learned in the last couple of years how when, when America had slavery, the slaves were typically forbidden from learning to read. And those who did, who, who learned, they had to do it secretly. And what do they read? What do they have? They had the Bible. And black slaves read the Bible. They related to God. And they related to the Jewish people, especially through Exodus, mm-hmm. because we were enslaved and God redeemed us. And they saw themselves as, they, they, they prayed for that. They said they, they realized if God can redeem the Jewish people, then they can be redeemed as well. And thank God that happened. Um, though America still has a lot of work uh, on, on various racial levels. And I'm wondering, Tony, can you, someone, someone's listening to this now or knows somebody, someone who's dealing with, I don't know, end stage ALS or, or some other critical illness. Can you share something that's a word of encouragement from, from your experience that's relating to our restoration, the Jewish people that might be, uh, that might be a word that somebody needs to hear? Well, just just as Israel is being restored and is being created new, that's the same way because it's a continual process. The Holy Spirit has always been looking to restore Israel. Now, there has always had to be some human cooperation with that, which did happen. Thank you, Jesus. Um And so the correlation is the same. You have God always looking for that restoration. And that's whether it's the physical Israel or whether it's an individual. He is always, uh, and I love to use Romans 8.11, and my paraphrase of that is that the Holy Spirit is giving life to my body. So that includes the body of Israel. That includes the body of Christ. That includes all of God's children. And so that's the correlation that I see because the Holy Spirit's always looking towards restoration. His justice is restor- restorational. Nice. And, and, and as you said, and I, I in, in the introduction, and I, I didn't create any of, you, of the words. I pulled them off of your website or you gave them to me. I don't remember, but you talking about how God does not look for human beings to suffer, that he, he is a healing God. And, and so, no, thank you for that. What a great extra insight. Um, I want to take a break for a minute and then, uh, and then come right back um, and, and pick it up. And maybe, maybe I'm enjoying the conversation, me probing each of you, but I'm, I'm also going to invite all of you, each of you uh, to probe one another um i'd like to i'd like to see where that goes just let's let's come back after a moment i want to pause in the conversation for just a moment to invite you to join us in one of the really incredible programs that we do as part of the genesis 123 foundation this year we have been going out all throughout the judean mountains to show love to soldiers who are stationed keeping us safe 
from the threat of terrorism. It doesn't matter if we're in a burning heat wave or temperatures below freezing before the wind chill. They are out there guarding strategic points that have a high risk of terrorism. And thanks to the support of many people like you, we are pleased to bring them homemade hot soup in the cold of winter and cold drinks and sweet watermelon in the heat of summer. Any donation is meaningful and helps us to bless the soldiers. You can join us and donate at genesis123.co slash bless a soldier. That's genesis123.co slash bless a soldier. And when you do, you also have the opportunity to send along your own personal words of thanks and blessings to the soldiers guarding the land and protecting the people. Please join us. Okay, so I, I, I'm so thrilled and I, I think I, I could and probably should have each of you on and have a separate conversation because I see that just probing each of you for individual personal experiences is very rich and could go on for, for an hour on its own. Um, we're going to go now a, a little bit more general. Um, and I'm, I'm curious to get each of your feedback on just a couple of things in the first one. And Jared, as the one among us, minus myself who lives here, um, when you look at modern Israel, you you talked about how you connected and where you connected, and I think you gave some beautiful imagery. But you, when you look at modern Israel, what scripture comes to mind? Um, Acts chapter one verse eight: You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That was uh, that was the center point of where the church was birthed acts chapter two and the holy spirit is poured out upon all nations and actually jonathan i was thinking of this earlier today i was meditating on acts chapter one verse eight it's also my life verse but i gained a huge understanding and appreciation while there of of the holy land of the outpouring of the holy spirit the birth of the church of the various faiths practicing there and how jerusalem you know it's it's for lack of a better word uh magical if you will to me you know it was it was just the presence of god was all around me and the the birth of the church came from there but just being able to stand there and look over the city of david look over see the temple mount you know, to see, go to the, the wailing wall, you know, wow. You know, like it just, the Holy Spirit was moving in power and knowing, hey, this place is special. And, and I, the, God even said it, the apple of his eye. Right. The people are the apple of his eye. Uh, we're, we're blessed to be part of that in Christ. But knowing that Acts chapter one, verse eight, the Great Commission began in Jerusalem. And who knows, could ultimately end up there you know the new jerusalem you know it's just it's awe-inspiring and something you can meditate on all day and night but just being there seeing the amazing things you know touring in the underground tunnels you know that's close to where jesus actually walked wow it's it's life changing but yeah acts chapter one verse eight it's it's for all of us but having that revelation just expanded, I'm going to go again. You are, I know. Um, I, I'm so I'm so glad that you reference Acts one eight because I've never heard that in terms of 
someone mentioning scripture relating to the uh, modern to modern Israel. And I think it's great that you did because Christians, of course, listening will relate. But we have a lot of Jewish listeners. And I don't know that there's any Jewish person who's going to they're not familiar with acts, but they're but they're not stranger to the words you just said and people will relate to that and that's a beautiful common denominator that you've just uh that you've just said jamie you're nodding actively what what scripture comes to mind when you think of modern israel well i actually have a, a scripture that i think kind of ties in both what um was already said and and with that scripture which is in ephesians 2 14 to 16 because Christ is our peace. We are supposed to be praying for the peace of Jerusalem. So we, we in essence, should be praying that they receive Jesus because they need the peace. They need the shalom. So uh, the scripture says, for he himself is our peace who has made both one. And I think this is the, the modern Israel to me is us coming together in helping whether, whether that's with Aliyah or if that's us ourselves going and partnering or, or understanding at least in prayer, whether by support or whatever we can do to, to recognize her place right now. She's in the news everywhere. Yeah. It's all about her. Everything we're doing is tied to her, but the scripture, the rest of the scripture says, and he has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished it in his flesh, the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting death to death the enmity. So I just, my heart goes to making sure that in this time, especially over the last week and what has gone on there, our hearts need to to be about the peace of Israel. We need to care. We need to know what's going on. We need to be active in in our whatever way we can participate in that. To understand when we read the news, even politically, we should know where we stand with Israel, and that's that's vital that we do. That if as a Christian, that is so important that we care about what's happening to her right now. <laughs> That means a lot because it encourages me in what I'm doing with inspiration from Zion. Every episode is different. Uh, what's ne- next week? We're going to be talking about a Syrian, uh, Israel's, um, attack on the Syrian nuclear facility in uh, 2007. Um, and, and the implications today. So it's not just looking at back at, at history. Uh, Tony, you're going to like that, but, um, but actually, the, what, what what does it mean? So it gives me a lot of encouragement that you, I mean, I think I knew this, but I love that you articulated it. Thank you. Uh, Tony, how about you? You haven't been here yet. What scripture comes to mind? Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness 
and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. I don't know a better description of Israel for today, and I believe all of that, you know, preparing a feast. Israel has enemies all around her, but yet there is still a protection given to her. All those, even with the huge loss of life, which I feel and I love, I love the way Jamie was talking about that. But this verse just speaks to me and screams of Israel to me. Well, I'm glad you said that. And uh, I'm, I'm going to get, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. Um, because I'm going to share something personal from my perspective. This week, when when we were having 1,100 rockets launched from Gaza in three days. Now, you, I think you all know this. On Shabbat, Saturday, the Sabbath, Orthodox Jews shut down. Most of us are not using our phones uh, and only for things that are life-saving life or life-threatening. Um, we're not in our cars, no TVs, no computers. We're offline. We're, we're immersed in God and fellowship with our friends and family and prayer. And at the end of our Shabbat worship, Saturday morning, the whole congregation recited Psalm 23 together. And that's normal. Like, we didn't know what was going on. We knew something was going on. And we just sat there Saturday, stood there, actually, Saturday morning and, and, and recited that. And it was beautiful. But I have to tell you, you saying it now, Tony? was much more stirring. It, 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 it's like, I, I, I don't have the words to say why, but I, I'm grateful for you doing that. Thank you. Um, any open, open mic night at the moment. What, what do you all think? Did, did, did one of you miss something? Did one of you trigger something as far as scripture um, that you want to add or, or comment on what the other person said? I want to comment as far as Jared's concerned, because he got to visit Israel. Mm. I've lived vicariously <laughs> through Jonathan, through my my pet personal pastor, Bill Chapman. He's been to Israel several times. And then, and I had to, I had to include this. So when I met Jonathan earlier this summer, um, he gave me the most precious gift. Oh, I did. Anyone could. And that was a rock. Yeah. When he gave it to me, literally, my hand started to shake. Do you remember? I don't know if you saw that, Jonathan. No, but I, I, re I remember it. But people are thinking that I'm weird that I brought a rock from Israel. You need to describe that. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, Jonathan is just a cheapskate giving out gifts <laughs> in the backyard. <laughs> okay. And, and I want for the life of me remember the exact valley, but it's the valley where David slew Goliath at. Right, right. It was a rock from there. And I think I got just a small sense of what it would be like to stand in Israel right. from that rock. It was like such peace and power flowed through me when I took that rock. And in fact, most of the time I carry it around with me. And when I'm not carrying around with me, it's sitting right on my desk. Wow. 
and it is just, I imagine what I'm getting out of that little rock and to actually be there on that land because I truly do believe that land is set apart. Wow. That's beautiful. And, and, and all of us have our giants to take down and overcome, but you, you embody that in many ways. So I'm grateful for you, for you sharing that. Um, let's talk about prophecy for a minute. Uh, I was interviewed on someone else's podcast and someone wanted me to talk. And I was actually asked to speak at a Christian convention back in June. They wanted me to speak about prophecy. And I said, I'm going to talk about how I, not, not in a theoretical basis. I'm going to talk about how I experience it living here, but I'd like to turn it to you. How do you see Israel fulfilling prophecy? Um, whoever wants to jump in. I'll jump in. <laughs> um, to me, there's no better way to know what is going on. I mean, the time clock, we all want to know when, and we know the Bible tells us that we don't know the day or the hour, which is a, a whole, that's a whole thing all by itself because of the way that, that, you know, that with the day, we have the days of awe coming. <laughs> we have, we're getting ready for this season that, that Israel has. And that I always am wondering, you know, what are we doing? What's happening here in, in the United States as Christians? Are we paying any attention to that? Are we, are we looking to see, could this be the year? You know, we, we know that the, the last Trump will sound. <laughs> and there's, there's a lot of, uh, prophetic debate, I should say, over whether the Lord will actually return literally when the last Trump sounds one of these years. And so we just, but yet we don't know the day or the hour because they send them out to, to go look and you're not really sure which day and which hour that is when they finally notice the right rising of the moon or how or that work, you know, that we don't know. So there, the, it's beautiful though for us to be able to see through Israel our time is coming. We're, we're coming so close to the, the, the Jesus returning. We're, we're so close. And yet the only barometer that we really have is scripture referring to Israel. It wasn't written about the United States as much as people read it. You know, we kind of read things that way in the Western world. We, we read scripture from our perspective here, which is completely false. Right. We have to be looking at Israel in order to understand what the scripture says. And she is our calendar. <laughs> so it's imperative that we're paying attention prophetically. If we want to know where we're at on God's timeline, we have to be watching what's happening with Israel. Excellent. Um, tough act to follow. Jared, Tony, what, love, what, where do you, go ahead. Yeah, I'd love to jump in and talk about prophecy and action. And, um, you know, the Great Commission, when, when I was in Israel, we went to Mount Arbel. And it's one of the proposed locations where Jesus gave the Great Commission. And from the, the time that I was there, I was able to look north and see the snow-capped mount, mountains. I was able to look off in another direction, see the Sea of Galilee. I was able to look off and down into Capernaum and realize when Jesus gave the Great Commission, which is prophetic, you know, it's it's empowering us to be witnesses to all the world where this place of origin, you know, he's standing there on a mountain, whether it was Mount Arbel or somewhere nearby, the disciples were able to see him say, go into all the world and behind him are the nations behind him 
are the miracles that took place down in Capernaum. Behind him is the Sea of Galilee, where he calmed the storms. You know, behind him is where he cast out the demons from, from the legion. You know, so it's prophecy in action. And we get the opportunity, the privilege to be part of the process and preach the gospel to all nations and be able to gain a love and respect for the land where Jesus was. And it's just, we live in exciting times. We live in very exciting times where the awakening is coming and we, we get to fly. It only takes a few hours to get from Frankfurt, Germany to Tel Aviv. We have this opportunity to go visit. And I just want to encourage people to go do that because it does, as Jamie was saying, it changes your perspective of scripture. You're like, wow, these are incredible metaphors and word pictures behind, you know, these are the stories, the true stories, what Jesus did. It, it, you will come home totally different, totally changed, wanting to go back. And I think this next time I go back, I'm going to get water baptized in the Jordan. It'll be my second baptism, but I need to do it. I love that, Jared. We're going to talk about that. Uh, Tony, would thank you, Jared. Would Tony? Would you like to chime in? You what? What do you? Where do you see prophecy playing out here? So, here's something now. A lot of people look at is the War of the Jews. Josephus, uh, seventy A.D. There is so much of that side of history that is relatable today. And in fact, I don't want to get too deep into this, which I could do. But when you look at it, all right, one of the biggest reasons that the Jews still survived was the fact that you had converts that escaped Jerusalem and went to Mount Pelham. And from that, you have each of the Jewish tribes surviving without that. Without that escape, that was the anointed of the elders. And so, and, and a lot of people don't look at that side of things but that's how we have the jewish people surviving in a large degree and so and when jesus told them plea for the mount of judea and so there's so much we can learn just from that history that people are not aware of and don't look at there is so much that we can tell from that and so that's what I immediately think of my studies um, about that whole war and every little fraction of thing that happened. And I can see it relatable today. Wow. wow. You make me, make me want to go back and read Josephus. For those who are listening who don't know, Josephus is a first century Jew who was very closely aligned. I don't remember the exact relationship with the Romans and chronicled the Roman siege and destruction of Jerusalem and Masada and, uh, and, 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 and the beginning of that uh, second exile. Um, yeah. Jamie, were you going to say something? Yeah. You know, I just read an article, uh, I want to say in the last two, three days, where they said they just found more archaeological proof of what Josephus had said. Sure. 
sent. Sure. And I, I mean, that happens regularly in Israel. I know you're yeah. always finding the proof that's, which is amazing to me because of every religion out there, Israel and the Bible are the only ones that you can actually say, yep, that's a real place. That's a real right. form of money. That's a real weight. That's a real, I mean, those are actual things that happen. We have right. the proof. Um, it is so accurate. But even speaking prophetically, just the fact that scripture said that can a nation be born in a day uh, and within my lifetime, we uh, can see on the right. calendar that this is, you know, well, I'm not 70, but I'm yeah, I was in that say, you're not that old. It's, it's close enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm close enough with my parents, I should say, with my grandmother. Um, we we have seen God in our lifetime fulfill yes. the prophecy yeah. that was given about Israel. Yeah. You know, it's astounding. I don't know if you all know this. My father was born here. And one of the conversations I wish I had had with him, we never did. It just was sort of taken for granted like how did he feel that day when 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 we went when he went from being what the british called palestinian you will probably all know that originally the only people called palestinians were the jews and then he went from being a palestinian on uh on may uh, 13th 1948 to becoming a, an israeli citizen unbelievable thank you for sharing that and tony you reminded me next time i come and see you i'm gonna work on getting an autographed copy of josephus for you <laughs> oh yes i would love that <laughs> all right um I, I, i'm gonna share I need one too i need one okay too. okay okay you, <laughs> you don't want to rock I wanted... you don't want to rock <laughs> I've, I've got a few of those I'll take a rock. <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll work on it uh um, i wanted to add yes so josephus was a jewish general and then he turned traitor went over to the roman army and was being a traitor and was right alongside and that's yes. how and then he became uh the first uh historian yeah awesome uh i'm just going to share real quick i i can go through you we we can all, all the all the prophecy that i experienced but one of them that's so personal for me um a few weeks ago i i had the real exciting privilege when you're a grandfather you get to have lots of privileges with your seeing the next generation of your of your children, grandparents, doesn't matter. Um, I took my grandchildren, the two oldest, to a playground near their house and just, you know, sort of let them loose, running around, playing, and I'm watching them. And you know, Kids fall down, they get bumped, they cry, they get up, they run around, just having a good time. And I'm sitting there watching them, realizing that that is all prophetic, that here I am, when God said, when when we are restored, the old old men are going to walk in the streets and and we're going to see children playing in the in, 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 in the, not in the playgrounds but and i i just had this unbelievable moment thinking now it's not just seeing israel and that being fulfilled but seeing it through my family through the next generation of my kids unbelievable i want to take a break again um you've each spoken about coming here and and, and tony living vicariously through me and Jared and others and Jared coming back. So we're going to do a shameless plug right now for Run for Zion. And maybe and maybe uh, you'll all join us in March. But let, let's just take a listen and maybe motivate some people to come and join us. When you think of Jerusalem, you probably think of its historic and biblical sites. Run for Zion is a trip unlike any other. You will join tens of thousands of Israelis interacting with Jerusalem as you never have and never imagined you would. You'll connect with and bless Israelis of all backgrounds. If you've never been to Israel and are dying to come visit or haven't been for a while and can't wait to get back, 
Run for Zion is the opportunity for you. And now, if you register today, you can join us for as little as $29. Yes, that's for real, just $29. Run for Zion is a pilgrimage and service experience that gets you out of the tour bus, interacting with the people and the land. Check out runforzion.com for details and come run for Zion and bless Israel with every step. Okay, so Jared, as long as we're talking about Israel and, and, and being here, you're the only one of the three, I think people have established that by now, who have been here. So I want to pause on you for a minute. You've done some beautiful job. I want to come back. You've done a beautiful job, really, as, as, as Dr. Green would say, establishing the theater of the mind. Dr. Green, who for people who don't know, was our friend, our teacher, our mentor, the head of Charisma Podcast Network, <coughs> who unfortunately passed away uh, two months ago, I think. And he talked about theater of the mind. You're creating great imagery. But before we talk about that a little bit more, Tony, Jamie, when you come here, other than hanging out with me, what are the things that you really want to do? Wow. I'd love to just, I, I want to take the, the tours that aren't necessarily the ones everybody goes on. <laughs> I want to do those. But my son actually um, went to Israel and stayed for about three and a half weeks. And the stories he told and the things he got to do and be a part of were life-changing for him. And I, I, I was so envious of you know, you can see the pictures and, and I had actually the, the professor that I spoke of, the class that I took, um, he just got back from spending, I think he was there for a month or two and he was posting the, the photos and some of the photos were the ones that, you know, have now been made very commercialized of, of all the tourism, which is wonderful. You want to see it, but he also would post things that, he, as a man, he got to go into, I guess, the area where they separate the men and the women in uh, behind at the Western Wall. At the wall, yes. Yeah. And because he had such favor with the man who was in charge, he was able to take photos of things maybe that he shouldn't have got photos of, and be a part of a couple of things. And it it just stirred my heart because the it speaks to me to the depth of scripture. When, you know, we have the surface level, you can read it. It's a book, right? It, so you can just read it as a book. Well, then you can take it a little bit further and, and you can look at the history. And then you can go further and say, okay, but what is the spiritual content here? What is the lesson that's being taught? And we can always go deeper. <laughs> we can always take it further. So I guess I would really want to know, I, I'd want to see everything I want to see, of course, where Christ paid the price, but I want to see, I want to see where he lived. Ah, good. I, I, you know, I want to see how he, because if I can see where he lived, then I can see how he would interact with his own brethren, how he would, what, what did that look like? What did life look like <laughs> for him to be able to do what he did? The self-sacrifice, I think of just history itself, self, the self-sacrifice of living your whole life to minister to other people. When we live in the convenience of our day and age and for me, the Western culture, you know, to think of what did life really look like? What does it really mean to give yourself for someone else? What does that really mean 
to carry your cross? What does that really mean from the perspective of walking the streets of Israel and walk through Jerusalem? You know, he had to be in Jerusalem. Paul had to get back to Jerusalem. I mean, it's the point of power. They had to get there. (laughs) You know, so that's that's really in my heart. That's what I think of. I think of the scripture that says, you know, you set your heart like a flint. And and it, it's you. We put it. We put the word as frontlets before our eyes. And yes. we, you know, to see the imagery of the things that are spoken of. I, I would just that would be what I would want to see. Wow, thank you. You know, I love that you just said uh, r- running to Jerusalem because as you're speaking, Janie, I'm thinking a few weeks ago I was up in Nazareth in the Galilee visiting friends, Christian Arabs, and as I was driving back. I pass right by Mount of the Mount of Precipice and, and I thought, oh, wow, I got to stop before it's dark and I got to do pictures and video and show people my friends. And I was, and I had the, because I have the privilege of living here, I have the privilege of saying that nah, I'm busy. I have to rush home because I had a three hour drive ahead of me. But I love, I love what you just said, because I have the privilege of driving right by and saying that nah, next time uh, we'll look forward to, to when you're here. How about you, Tony? Um, you and I are going to go rock farming in the Ella Valley, right? But um, <laughs> but w- what Absolutely. else? What are you looking forward to? <laughs> well, of course, I want to see all the normal stuff. You know, I call it normal, but it's really <laughs> it's super supernatural. Uh, the River Jordan. I would love to get baptized in the River River Jordan and see all the normal sites. But then I would just like to go on a Holy Ghost tour to where the Holy Spirit just leads me to whatever spots he wants me to be and shows me because I think I'm a lot like Jamie in that when I read the Gospels especially, I'm thinking, okay, exactly what is Jesus experiencing at this moment? What, you know, and I really, I envision it as if I'm there. So if I'm really in the land of Israel, I just want the Holy Spirit to just pound me with whatever he wants me to experience. And so I would just get away and just let the Holy Spirit take me wherever. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Now, Jared, back to you. You've been here. Uh, I'd love to know what you think about what they just said, but but regardless of that, if I held a gun to your head right now and said, what are the top two or three things that Christians have to see and experience in Israel? What would that be? Well, I think number one, I know Krav Maga, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I won't mess with you. Never mind. And that's the Israeli Never mind. special force. <laughs> How about if I just ask nicely and say, please? <laughs> Honestly, I I think what people should see, the top three, is the Temple Mount. They need to go to Golgotha and also the Garden. And then they need to, I'd say, go float in the Dead Sea. Uh, Why the Dead Sea? There's no other experience quite like it. You know, you float. You just kick back Mm -hmm. and float. And it's just... It's interesting, you know, like uh, I've only been to a few places. I went to the Luminous Lagoon years ago in Jamaica and 
you swim in the water and it glows around you. And that's a euphoric spiritual experience as well. Just worshiping Jesus the whole time is the same way when I visited the Dead Sea. It's like I had to just walk out in the water, sit in it, float and connect with my savior and just be in awe of this very special, unique location right there in Israel that you get no other experience quite like it. Amazing. Amazing. Jonathan, um, can I ask you what you would tell us that we should see? Well, I agree. Thank <laughs> you. I agree. I agree with, with um, Jared about the Temple Mount. Um, and I would just add to that the Southern Steps. And as long as we're in the area, the whole city of David, um, the, when, when there's a great story, by the way, Neil Armstrong, we all know, first man to walk on the moon. When he came here, he was a Christian. And he said he wanted to be brought to where Jesus walked, to really, really walk. And there are a lot of places, and I don't like the, I don't like disingenuous marketing, but a lot of people say, well, Jesus walked here. There are very few places you can actually go in Israel where Jesus walked, but the southern steps of the Temple Mount, you don't know on what step, but, but actually Jesus was there enough that he could have covered most of the steps. And that's a legitimate, authentic place. And that's how all Jewish pilgrims walked up to the Temple Mount. And the Temple Mount is so important. Um, it, we, we just, we just observed Tisha B'Av, the ninth of the Hebrew month of Av, which is the date on which we commemorate the destruction of both temples. And, um, and that's a, it's a sad day. We're still praying for the temple to be restored. And, and so to be, I haven't been since I'm living here. I've just, it's one of those things. I just not made the opportunity to go to the Temple Mount, which is kind of stupid. I, cause I could, but, I think it's important to, to see what it is and, and, and in that presence, dream and pray about what we're, what we're looking for it to be. Um, I was also speaking to a friend in Dallas the other day, and I don't know how we got to speak about the garden tomb. I've never, I'm, a, I'm an Orthodox Jew. Why would I go to the garden tomb? But on the other hand, I need to go to the garden tomb. And I think that's a significant place. And if you are of, of different Christian denominations and believe, and the tradition is that Jesus is buried in the, the church of the Holy, Holy Sepulchre. Okay, fine, go there. I think that's a really important spiritual experience. I think the garden tomb is more authentic. The, 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 the church of the Holy Sepulchre, which I have been in, is, um, uh, more commercial. And I, and, and, and certainly 2000 years ago, that was not, it didn't look like that. And I don't know. I mean, I'm not Christian, so I don't know that I would. I don't know. I'd like to, I, I, I like to do a, you know, a taste test. Both of us will all go to both places and see what you, what, what, what you come away with. Um, I think coming to my house for Shabbat is a, is, is a good experience. Um, yeah. There's more, but I'll, I'll rest on those. Good question. Thank you. <laughs> well, can I, can I jump in there, Jonathan? About yeah, of course. Shabbat, you know, I, I had the, opportunity to see everything just closing down friday evening yeah and just the peace and honestly the peace that surpasses all understanding and i was like you know our culture here in the west in america can learn a thing or two about pausing taking a sabbath oh yeah you know, not being legalistic about it or anything but just being surrounded by family by friends and then celebrating afterward uh so just the peace that I, I felt that time, I was like, this is, this is just simply amazing. This is something I need to put in my life, in my yes. ministry, and observe something similar to that. Well, I, I agree with you. Uh, first of all, it's, we, we approach it from a more legalistic perspective, but it's our, it's our lifestyle. 
It's not just don't do this and do that. It's the whole lifestyle that goes around it. Um, when I travel, I, I actually prefer doing Shabbat in a Christian environment where I'm teaching, where I'm experiencing, where I'm, I'm, I'm like parents are all blown away by the fact that every Friday night we lay hands on our children and invoke the priestly blessing over them, each one, each time. And when my wife lights the candles, welcoming in the Shabbat, she's praying for our kids as well. And we sing Proverbs um, to our wife on Friday night, uh, a woman of valor. And it's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. Uh, everybody needs it. It is a, it is something that we observe uniquely as Jews, but it is a gift. Day of rest. You know, you, I don't think you can be complete. It's not like God, God said, work on six days and rest on the seventh. And that was, that's part of the creation. So if you don't rest in whatever way, and Jared, I like how you said it, you don't have to do it the same way that we do. But if you don't have that opportunity, Wow, you're missing something. And it's, and I think it's not biblical, but yeah, awesome. I want to, I want to begin to wrap up. Um, and, and yeah, now what I said at the outset, we could totally go on. Like we, I could, could just keep going and, and have two or three, four episodes here. Um, God tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, to be a watchman on the walls, to bless Israel along with many other clear injunctions, right? Relating to Israel and the Jewish people that are important to him. What do these mean to you on a day-to-day basis, whether it's praying, whether it's being a watchman on the wall, whether it's blessing Israel? Um, who wants to kick off? Um, I'll go ahead and go. I just, I, I saw this this morning and it just seemed that I would say it at some point. So <laughs> it says, may your name be inscribed in the book of life. And I was told that this is something that is said amongst the Jewish people. Oh, yeah. May God make your enemies be at peace and may forgiveness release a special blessing in this season. And they're, of course, referencing the season that's about to come. But I, I, I guess I just would say that we, we really should, if we haven't already, make it a, a distinct priority to, you know, scripture tells us that we are to, God will bless those who bless Israel and he will yeah. curse those who curse her. And that we can take scripture literally. It has all kinds of extra meanings, but we, it's, it means what it says. It says what it means. So, you know, we need to do that. We need to be praying for her. We need to be praying for the protection of all the people in her land, her borders, that there is no border that is moved. Uh, You know, we need to be careful to be aligning our words and our thoughts about Israel to line up with scripture, to line up with what God expects from us. Our savior is a Jew (laughs) and we need to understand he loves his people. He loves his land. And we are grafted into her vine that what happens to her affects us, whether we feel that immediately living in the United States or not, or wherever we are around the world. We, we are a part of her and we need to take that ownership and be blessing her, praying for her and, and anything pertaining to her, be, be, pay attention to the news, see what's going on and speak blessings over her. 
the same way that you do, like you just mentioned, over your children, right. over your wife during Shabbat. If if we are to be partakers of the Sabbath in the Lord, understanding he created that to show us that he's in control, that he created it all, that we need to be doing that very same thing, have that same mindset about Israel. Awesome. Thank you. Jared, Tony, what is what is uh, praying for the peace of Jerusalem, being a watchman, blessing Israel mean to you on a day-to-day basis? To me, it is. Well, Israel is in my heart. And especially with me carrying around, always having some sort of contact with that rock. I am constantly throughout the day, my heart is pointed towards Israel. And so I am constantly, not always verbally, but I am constantly speaking peace over Israel, over the land, speaking blessings. Um, When I do my podcast or when I do any type of speaking, I, my words are be blessed, be healed, be a blessing. Every time I say those, I am, my heart goes right back to Israel and everyone that I'm talking to. But so it's a hard position towards always remembering Israel, the conflict there, and that the peace that needs to be there. Beautiful. Jared? Yeah, well, the scripture says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I could take that as a mandate, as a directive, as a command, but it needs to also become something that's just natural. You know, I've been to the Middle East. I served in Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, been to Israel. You know, the enemies of Israel are very real. Yes. And for me, even from Ramadi, Iraq, I was praying for Israel. Wow, uh, I've had um, supernatural times where I'm praying in the in the prayer closet, and my prayer language turns into some type of Hebraic tongue. We 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 can have diverse tongues. It's an intercessory prayer language, and I know my mind, my spirit was connecting with uh, the spiritual atmosphere of Israel. I could see this is years ago before I'd even visited. You know, I could see the Temple Mount, and I'm praying for Israel. And uh, personally, I have a connection with the Middle East because I served and because I'm in the ministry and things like that. So uh, really just take, like Jamie said, you know, take the scripture literally. It says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So somehow incorporate it into your spiritual disciplines. It could be daily. It could be on a specific day to intercede. But for me, um, you know, it's, you know, I, I, I'm invested, you know, spiritually, physically, you know, emotionally, mentally, you know, into the Middle East. So I'm praying for everyone across the board, the peace of Jerusalem, but also the peace in the Middle East, which is Jesus. Very nice. So I want to, I want to wrap up by asking if, if, if we can pray, if, if each of you would pray, um, and, and I just have to say, wow, I mean, well, this is going to be powerful. I don't need to do any intro. Jamie? Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you have designed and called a people, made a nation, Israel, to be a light to the world. 
we ask you, God, that you would keep your hand of undaunted protection over your people, that regardless of any enemy, regardless of the, even the enemy of those of us who have not paid any attention, who have given no regard to the safety of Israel, that you would awaken our hearts and our minds, that we would be those who are watchers, that we are careful to speak a blessing, and that those in Israel would know that there are, there are those of us all over who love her, who are praying for her, who care about what happens to her, who love the Jewish people. We ask you, Father, for a special blessing during this next new season, and that you would put it on the hearts of your people to know you more than they've ever known you, that their names truly would be written in the book of life. We thank you, Father, for all that you're doing and all that you're going to continue to do as you unfold what is coming next to us through her, and that we will be wise and pay attention in letting her be the light that leads us to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Tough act to follow. Jared, Tony? Yeah, I'll pray. Holy Spirit, we lift up Israel to you. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for the peace of Israel. We pray for the peace of Christ to fall upon her. We know, Lord, that your your bride, your coming in, in your glory to a perfected bride. And Israel's part of that. So we bless that in Jesus' name. May your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So thank you, Holy Spirit, for this opportunity. And we pray for more people to come to know you and enter into a relationship and friendship with you as King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Prince of Peace, in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we just ask for supernatural protection for the land of Israel, for peace to stay over her, that the Holy Spirit is the invisible barrier that the the acts of war cannot get past. Let the missiles just explode before it even crosses over the lane. And I believe that's your heart, Lord. And so I just speak peace over the whole nation. I speak peace in people's hearts and love loving familial relationships thank you jesus thank you three um if no one else is i'm blessed so that worked thank you um this has been an enriching inspiring enlightening conversation um i i i i have the privilege of looking at each of you so i see the physical affirmation of that. And I pray that everyone else who's listening, even though they don't have the physical, gets the the, the spirit out of that as well. Um, thank you. Thank you, uh, Jared, Jamie, and Tony for joining us. I pray that this will be um, just the beginning of many, many good things to come. And, uh, and of course, hosting you here real soon. Um, we'll look forward to that. Let me just conclude the, the program uh, as I, as I like to do somewhat tongue in cheek, but if you've stayed with us this long, you deserve a reward. And as you know, beginning this year, the Genesis 123 Foundation offers a special gift. Each month, we give a special volume from Jonathan's bookshelf. 
this month is going to be is a special one. Uh, it's very spiritual oriented. Please go to the Inspiration from Zion social media and like and follow us. And when you comment and share the link to this program, we select one person at random to receive this month's book. We're grateful that our podcast is sponsored by our friends at the Willow Run Greenhouse in Culpeper, Virginia. Tony, you're not that far. You can go visit and tell them hi and thank you and help, help thank them for helping make programs like this possible. And also thanks to our friends, the Coin family, for their meaningful sponsorship. Inspiration from Zion and all the Genesis 123 Foundation programs are made possible by donations. So please consider joining us to help continue the dialogue and build bridges. Um, I have the privilege as host. And I know that this will be affirmed by our friends here today um, of dedicating this episode in memory of our friend and mentor and teacher, Dr. Steve Green. Um, if you'd like to sponsor a future episode or in honor or memory of a loved one or a special occasion, please be in touch with us at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com. We'd always love to hear your comments as part of a dialogue and invite you to send any questions as well, especially you have about questions about traditional Judaism for our Ask the Rabbi programs. Please share this with others who will also find it of interest and continue to join us right here as we bring you more meaningful conversations about unique topics related to Israel that you won't hear anywhere else. Wherever you are in the world, I pray that you and your loved ones are all safe and healthy and send my blessings from right here in the Judean mountains. God bless you. Hallelujah.